Hello and welcome to the Reinforced Running Podcast. My name is Rich Ryan, bringing you a fresh episode today with Lauren Weeks. Lauren Weeks is kind of a hybrid athlete, quote unquote, and she has been able to expand her range into a lot of different arenas of athletics. She comes from a swimming background and a soccer background, and most recently has been dipping into the high rock style events and she does crossfit she did spartan games so you've seen her she does amazing in all these events she did great in a lot of virtual events so she's a really vast range and a incredible skill set when it comes to an athlete so in the episode we talk a lot about her mindset what what kind of drives her to continue to push herself and some of those answers might be a little bit surprising and some of the tactics that she takes to keep herself motivated i thought were very interesting and i really enjoyed this conversation with this high performer and some of the things that she wants to continue to work on and how she plans on doing that. So love this episode. I think you're going to really enjoy it as well. Here we go. Lauren Weeks. All right. We are joined today by Lauren Weeks. Lauren, what's going on? Uh, not too much. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, I do appreciate taking time. Uh, you're you're mentioning how you have some finals going on. So I kind of want to talk about some of the schooling and everything and how you're balancing all that. But there is a lot of directions we can take this conversation and when I was kind of looking at it in the grand scheme of things and you're a little bit newer to the OCR space and kind of you're more of like a hybrid athlete I guess you could call it where you did really well in like TMX you did you won the high high rocks world championships you murdered everybody in OCR stars uh you're at the Spartan games you did well with that so like people are starting to really kind of get a feel for like who you are a little bit like they see your name around like that you are a, a really strong competitor but this past year, you came onto my radar a lot more as a CrossFitter, and it seems that's kind of where your your more or less background is. So I kind of want to start with where that kind of training was and kind of where your training is right now. And just to kind of give people context, like listener, listeners some context, I'm just going to compare you to um, like Hunter McIntyre, who he is as a CrossFitter, right? Because we see him in our space and, you know, he attacks this stuff and it seems like he competes fairly well. So just past in this past 2021 Open, you finished the first workout in 1325, which was 80th in the world. Uh, Hunter did not finish that workout and he was 11,000. <laughs> like in the second workout, you did 1028, you were 115th in the world. Hunter was 1115 and finished like 870 something at so I think your times are really comparable for 21.3, um, but then in 21.4, your lift of uh, 182 was around 1,400, and he lifted 235 pounds, which put him at in like the 10,000 somewhere. So you're a really high-level CrossFitter, and when we first talked, I was like, "You're like these numbers that you're putting up are awesome," because even you know we look at Hunter and, and we think he's really good at it. I mean, in, in terms of CrossFit, not as much. So I look at you and I feel like you're in an interesting position because you're, it seems like you're on the cusp of an elite CrossFitter, but there seems to be something that needs to kind of push you over the edge. But you also have this other direction, OCR, these new events like High Rocks and stuff and these TMX events that like you just are good at. So do you feel like you're at like a kind of a crossroads for who you are as an athlete and where to kind of go with your training? Uh, so I think a lot of people think of me as a CrossFitter and I actually don't think of myself as a CrossFitter. Um, I love the sport and I love working out that way. So I, I enjoy doing it, but I, I don't think I'll ever be in a position where I can compete at that elite level as a CrossFitter. I just, I won't ever be strong enough to compete with the girls that are at like a games level. Um, and in terms of like those open workouts and when we we're comparing like my scores with Hunter's, uh, 
a lot of them had to do with weight. So like it helped to be lighter in a lot of these past open workouts. And I'm quite a bit smaller than Hunter. I think he's like 210, 215. So it's tough to be doing wall walks at that weight. That's true. That first workout, definitely an advantage for a smaller, lighter athlete. But like where your strengths are and where Hunter's strengths are, they would be the same, right? Like if there was like a longer Metcon or something that was put into the CrossFit Open, like Hunter would do well, but you would probably also do well. So I think it's a fair comparison, body size notwithstanding. But like you, you, so, so how do you consider yourself as an athlete then? Because these scores, they are really good. And it seems like there is a, like a little bit of a bump, like if your strength was, because it wasn't, your strength isn't, from your lift, it wasn't that far off of some of the top girls in the world. Like some girls who finished like top 50 in like the Open had like lifts of like 195 in that. So I don't think That's you're... That's a big difference. That's a real, I don't know. I guess when we get to that level one, it's really kind of turning the screws, but like 182 to 195, I mean, it's not like you're a hundred pounds off, you know? So, so, so how do you consider yourself as an athlete? Um, I... I would agree, and I don't even think it's a it's a real term, but like more that hybrid style. I like doing so many different types of exercises and competitions, and I haven't found something that I really want to specialize in. And I actually don't think I'm ever gonna find something that I want to specialize in because I I want to do as many different things as I can. So hybrid would probably be the best answer I could give to that. And it's kind of happening now where there are these like hybrid athlete events that are just kind of like you just happen to be good at. How how did like so have you ever thought about trying to get strong enough to be a like games level athlete or like a regional level athlete, I guess you could say? So for like quite a few years, that was my main focus was I was trying to get stronger and I wanted to go as far as I could with CrossFit. Um, And then it just got to a point where I really wasn't getting much stronger at all. Uh, and I think without sacrificing all the endurance things that I love to do. So I wasn't willing, it's part, partly on me too. Like I wasn't willing to give up the endurance pieces that I love in order to build that muscle. I found myself in a really similar spot with that. I think I, I was kind of doing both. This is probably, and I don't know, 2014 where I was like, I'm doing CrossFit like six days a week, but I'm also kind of running and I'm kind of like not doing great in either. So I'm just going to do CrossFit for like a year and see how it goes. And I got stronger, but I just wasn't willing to like get bigger. I think I just didn't want well, to. And like... it's, it's a gamble. So I could gamble and I could give up all the endurance stuff that I'm doing in hopes of like, okay, maybe I can make it to the games, but it's not a for sure. And I really, really enjoyed doing the endurance side. So I just, I wasn't willing to give it up for a gamble. Yeah, you, so meaning like you, it still might not work? Yeah, right. it and still it, might not work. Right. <laughs> and that's not worth it to me. And then there's that balance, right? It's like am, the way I thought of it is like, am I good at CrossFit because I of my engine? And will that go away when I get bigger? And like, will I just be a, a stronger athlete and not even better in, in this? And not m- able to keep that engine, yeah. Yeah. So did you find that you lost some of that engine when you were get, trying to get stronger? I didn't, but I, I never gave up running. So, um, I think, I think I probably would have had I given up, but I just was never willing to do it. Um, I had coaches that I had one coach that told me that I was not going to get stronger if I didn't stop running. So I think for maybe two months I stopped running and I hated it. So then I went back. (laughs) 
what is it about the the running part like what is it that makes you it, it keeps you I don't it just like it keeps me sane I it's like a de-stressor I can like daydream while I'm out um I'm sure we'll get into it but like I don't do like hard run training like I run slow and I go out there and I usually run for a long time and I love to just run slow and I just go out there and kind of it's not my workout so it's not what I'm trying to get better at fitness with yeah. So why not? Because I do want to get into that. And, you know, talking about the, the CrossFit stuff, um, I feel like we can kind of sit here, but it does tell a kind of story where you are, right? It's like you do have this ability level and like a high level of talent and like you're, like you're technically sound with everything, but just like, yeah, like just not big and strong enough, it seems like, right? And there is a reason for that. And And when it comes to the running part, so running, so saying you like to run slow is really interesting because it's not like in the vein of CrossFit, right? Or that like, doesn't seem to like meet what people would And think. it's not in the vein of running either. So I listen to all these podcasts, like I listen to yours and many others, and everybody talks about how it's so hard for them to not go out and run really hard and do these big, hard workouts. Like I can't just go out and run slow. I never, I'm the opposite, like. I want to go out and I love running slow. Like I absolutely love it. And I never want to do a running workout and I should, <laughs> I haven't quite convinced myself to find that like discipline, but I just, I love just going out and cruising. But like when you're working hard in like doing the CrossFit style workouts, like the Metcon stuff and working that energy system of that like high energy output, like slow running is probably going to serve you better anyway. I try to justify it that way as well, um, to do what I'm doing for as long as I have. But I still think at the same time, maybe that's why I love all these competitions, because I'll go and I'll be like, wow, I didn't know I could run that fast because I, I never train that way. Um, and and But then at the same time, I don't know what my top end speed could be. So I kind of go in figuring it out in the middle of a race. So um, I have to I have to find the discipline to start adding in some of those speed work pieces just so I can even know what I can accomplish. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause like there, but it's, it's, is it fun to go out and like be surprised so often? Like, I mean, I love it. Like yeah. I like to go out. Like when we did the OCR stars and we had to do a six mile time trial. I mean, I didn't like place super well, but for me holding the pace that I did, I was like, wow, I had no idea I could do that. And I want to touch on those times as well because, yeah, because, I mean, in doing some, a race like that kind of takes practice and a mile, too. That takes a lot, even though it's just one mile, like, there's a nuance in, in that race that you might not consider for how short it is. And how well you did do compared to some of the other athletes in the sport, I do definitely want to, to touch on those things because there was members of the pro team that you beat in both of the runs, and like the six mile, like... Names are popular like Amanda Nadeau, like Faye, uh, Faye Morgan, Tiffany Palmer. These are all like podium contenders at any Spartan race that they show up to. So was your was your background in running at all? Or do you think that it's just a matter of like the, the amount of times that you kind of put on your feet and like mixing the CrossFit that's kind of given you this ability to to push into like faster pace for longer duration? Uh, so my background is in soccer and swimming. So soccer, I think, has a lot of those faster sprint paces that I never make myself do anymore. 
Um, and I was the center mid, so it's tons of running there. And then swimming is, I mean, it's all aerobic. Like I, I just had that big aerobic base from swimming. And then that was my college sport. Um, and after college, so when I finished swimming, I didn't really know how to stay in shape. So I just started running and I like would just run and as far as I could. And then it ended up being like, okay, I'm going to do 12 miles a day. And then I, for a couple of years, like I was running 12 miles a day every day until I never took a break. And then I got hurt. Um, I started getting like sciatic problems and then I took like a month and a half off and eventually found CrossFit and then way tapered back my running, but still kind of kept it in. But So when you started to build up your running that way, was it? I had no idea what I was doing. I just it, kind of went out and Just went and did it? Yeah. Why? Like how, like, why did you do that? Well, I didn't have a sport anymore. And I like for my whole life, I was part of a team and I was always directed towards, okay, this is what you're going to do for the day. And I, and I didn't have that anymore. So I was like, well, what do you know how to do? I was like, well, I know how to run. Like I'm just moving one foot in front of the other. And then I, it turns out like I loved it. And I think it's just because of, I'd spend that entire time just daydreaming and forgetting where I was. And I come back and I'm like, this is awesome. I want to do this every day. How many miles can I do every day? And so it was a lot for the mental side of things when you got yeah. interesting. Yeah. And there was never like still then like never speed training. I just kind of went out and jogged. Huh. Does, does, does swimming give you that same type of like daydreamy, like weird thought, uh, like presence that running gets? Cause that, and I think I know yes. what you mean. Like, yes. Do you like, get you that just... in swimming? Yeah, you just like almost turn everything else off and you start swimming more, though, is more less daydreaming and more focused thinking for me. So like I would start like figuring out my homework in my head when I was in the middle of like a swim practice where uh, running is more like fantasy daydreaming. I get that, too. And like the thoughts I have in running, like I push back when, if ever I talk about like mindfulness or something, right? And I'm like, oh, do you have like a mindfulness practice, whatever, whatever. And people are like, oh, well, I run. And that's kind of my mindfulness. And it's like, it, it, it fits into like a mental exercise, but the the thoughts that come in and out during running are just so bizarre and so out there. It's not like creating space for yourself mentally. It's like allowing things to, to really just dream up in there. I go on for runs and have great ideas and then completely forget if you don't write it yeah if you don't write it down right away or if i don't stop to like because if i don't stop to type it in my phone if i think of something what i think is brilliant like i'll forget it by the time i'm done with my run i was doing that for a while too if i had if i hadn't happened to have like a headphone or something i dictate it into into my phone do do you look back and are they good ideas are they actually good ideas when you write them down like I, i'm it's, not sure it's 50, very 50. rare that i will actually write it down but i i mean in my personal opinion they're good ideas <laughs> i'm biased though <laughs> all all aces um yeah that's funny so like when as an as a competitor then so i mean you swim at a high level and i guess that's why you, you smash the spartan games swim right were you like oh sweet, i did have be great um, I was very excited that they had a swim, but like more so like after, so after school, like one of my first jobs after school was I was an ocean lifeguard. So I had tons and tons of open water background swimming. Um, oh. So when they said there was going to be like a lake swim, I was like, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that explains that. Um, because yeah, like I think 
I like most probably looking from the outside thought of you as like a CrossFitter. Like, and, and there are, there's a swimming and CrossFit, but to prepare for that, you probably, you don't prepare too much for it. Like, cause it's usually just one event and you need to know that you're going to go to the CrossFit games to prepare for a swim or if you're like going to go to it's not in regionals or, or in the open or right. it's not in like any normal competition. No. So do you see those swim workouts in the, the games? And you're like, Oh man, if I could just get a crack at one of these. I mean, yes and no, like I would love to be able to do them with them, but at the same time, they're doing so many other things in that weekend. Like what they're showing as their performance is not actually their top performance for that event. Cause they're just so worn down. I know. And that's, I think that was a thing with Hunter too. When he went, when he tried to get to the games, he's like, Oh, I see these events and I think that I could do well in, in any given event, but it's just the accumulation of everything. Like you just like, they have to be good at everything. Like you can't have a weakness to go. It's crazy. I want, and I just think about that, like, like the amount of volume that needs to go into that type of training. Um, and with your own type of training, like how many hours do you think you're spending doing all the things? Because if you're doing like these longer, slow runs, I mean, that takes time, you know, it does take time. Yeah. And that's, um, yeah. So with that, with the CrossFit stuff, um, how long, how, how much are you training? Uh, so it did drop a little bit, um, since January, uh, because I, it's because I started school. Um, before that I was working in a gym. So like any break I had. I could be training, so it could be hours on end if, like, if I wanted to. But I also use a lot of those breaks to do recovery things, and I think that's kind of helped me stay healthy for as long as I have. Um, where now, um, up until actually this past week, like, I wouldn't say that I've had too, too much volume. Like, I was still running, um, and I would still go to the gym almost every day. Uh, so I'd say still probably three-ish hours um, a day, but uh, those runs, I would make sure I tried to like record any of my lectures that I need to do from school, and I listen to them while I'm running, so again, like I just try and justify everything I do. Good thought. Do you, do you, does it work? Are you remembering the stuff from the lectures, or is it just, or is it just so you're like, okay, that's fine that I went for a long run because I listened to these lectures, or you get, are you gaining stuff? I, it's actually, I've learned that it's better for me because I can't get all of them onto my phone. So the ones that I have to listen to at the house, I have a harder time paying attention to because I don't want to sit here. I hate sitting down. I'm like looking all over the place, but when I'm out on a run, like I'm enjoying what I'm doing so I can focus on what's being said into my ears. So actually I think I retain better while I'm listening to it running. Huh? That's a good, that's a good way to kind of double things up and Cause yeah, it, it's a lot of time and I'm sure like the, you know, if, when you look at the highest end endurance athletes, even, I mean, they're, they're doing that much, but it's hard to layer on as much stuff as you could in CrossFit as you would. As right. And so athlete. when I say that amount of hours, like that's including breaks. So in CrossFit, there's a lot of transition time in between piece to piece and setup time. And like, oh, my weights are across the gym and I have to bring them over here. Like that's not, I'm not actually moving that whole time. Right. You're at the gym. It's part of your workout. But like as a run, if you're running three hours a day, there would just be so much beat down and just so it'd be so hard to maintain something like that. Um, what do the re, those recovery pieces look like? Like what kind of thing, time are you spending when you can to like are you jumping on a foam roller when you have time or? So I was I was better before I started school. So like when I was working at the gym, like I would follow Ramwad every single day. Mm. Um, 
So that's, if anybody doesn't know, it's just like a little stretching video. It could be anywhere from like 20 to 40 minutes long. It's like subscription-based, um, right? Like it's something... Yeah, like... subscription-based. You just press the video, follow along. It's supposed to be like stretching for CrossFitters. But it's just um, like stretching really for anybody. Any, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It can, like that's how they market it. It's totally. really stretching for anybody. Yeah. Um, but they're short, so they're not an hour long, which is nice because I'm like, oh, I can spend 20 minutes to do this. That's not a big deal. Uh, and then usually I'd add extra in. And then like lacrosse ball stuff. And I have one of those, um, gosh, what are the electric machines that you can put on your legs? Oh, those like stem like ones? Comp- yeah, stem stuff. Yeah. Do you think those work? I have no idea, but I do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the same way. I think I've had really good results with that. I went to like a chiropractor one time and I felt like it fixed me. And then I just used like one of the pocket ones. And it just feels kind of cool. It feels like something's happening. I have one of the pocket ones, and I don't have a whoop, but one of my friends did. And according to her whoop, her recovery score was way better when she used it. So I'm like, well, it's got to work then, right? Then it's proven. Then it's got to work. (laughs) (laughs) One person. Yep. Study. (laughs) Count it. Um, So as a a competitor then, I think I started to ask this, but I derailed myself. Like the... Because the way that you approached running, it wasn't really in any sort of competitive angle. And it seemed like post-collegiately, it was just something to kind of fill that space and, 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 and something you really enjoyed and something you could kind of sink your teeth into a little bit more. Do, is, were you the same way, say, as a swimmer or as a CrossFitter? Or is there a, a, a competitive component that you have that can, you can kind of turn off and on depending on like the activity that you're doing? Uh, I would, I would say that I'm actually a fairly competitive person, but at the same time I have like this need for everyone to like me. So I'm competitive, but then like, I don't want to turn everybody off. Um, so when I'm running, I'm not really with anybody. So like there's, there's nobody to be competitive with. Um, I think if I were running with somebody, then I would be constantly trying to keep up with them. And then that competitive space would come back in. Hmm. Uh, so in everything else, I think I am pretty competitive, but if I can go out or actually, if I can do anything by myself, I'm usually pretty good at relaxing. Do you, that's interesting. Cause I mean, you're obviously a competitor, right? Like you compete well, but like, it's, it's interesting that you can go into that. Do you find you need to, you do better when you're by yourself and relaxed or do you enjoy training more by yourself because of that? No, I much more enjoy training with people. Um, but I think that it's good for me to do things by myself so that I'm not constantly driving myself into the ground. Cause I would, if I was always training with somebody. So you're, that's your recovery piece too, is like when you need to be by, because of the competitive thing pops up. Yeah. Then I can, I like, it doesn't matter what pace I'm running cause I'm not racing anybody. So tell me more about the kind of, cause I'm in that, uh, like I identify as like people pleaser as well. Like I have those tendencies and like working on it and it's getting better. I feel good about it. But um, how does that work with the competitor side in you? It sounded like an interesting dynamic where it's like wanting to win, but only to a certain extent, only to, yeah. I always want to do well and yes, winning is fun, but um, I don't, I honestly don't think I'm ever going to be a true competitor because I just don't have that like it thing where you're you're just going to go all in and do anything and everything you possibly can to win. Um, 
Meaning, and winning is ro- fun, but um, yeah. go ahead. I was gonna say, like, meaning going all in in that specific competition space, or in terms of like the grand scheme of like training and preparation. Uh, I think both of those. I just, I don't. I think I don't have that mental piece that like a true competitor has that's going to like consistently win. I just don't think I have that like killer instinct. Hmm. I'm okay with that, but like you're talking um, like Mamba I, mentality. I also think it's, I also think it's just gonna hold me back from maybe doing the best that I possibly could do. Um, but I, I that doesn't really bother me at all. Uh, I've I've accepted it. I know that. I just I really don't have like a killer instinct. Like I'm not gonna go in and be like I'm taking this person down. Yeah. And I think that like that, like, you know, the Jordan edge, the Mamba mentality type of thing, it's definitely built up to be like, oh, if you want to be a champion, you need to like win at all costs type of mentality. It's cool to watch these documentaries and see how like some of these like incredible athletes think. But the more I see things like that, I'm like, well, I'm just really not like that. And like, I think that's the point of documentaries, right? It's like this person is like this because they're different than everybody else. But not, I don't think every highest level of competitor is like that. I think there are people who get to that point and that's like, and maybe that is a a big reason why. Have you always, so did you, has your, have your results gotten better or worse since you've kind of come to the, the grips of, oh, my mental mindset is not the same as, you know, this ultimate champion that I saw in this documentary or... Like, did you used to battle with that or are there, have the results changed since? I don't think it's affected at all. Like, I I love competing. It's tons of fun. I think part of it is because I go in, like, having absolutely no idea what I can do and then often getting pleasantly surprised. And uh, so I just, I love the experience, but um, I just, I, I don't think I'm, like, that true, like, all-in competitor. Yeah. Huh. Because, like, just to kind of push back, like, do you think that you, if you were, you'd be happier as an athlete? Or do you think that... No, right. not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes I try to... I think it would be too stressful. So I don't, like, I feel some, like, I feel pressure going into things when people expect me to do well, but not so much that I'm not going to go and do it because I still enjoy it. Where I think, like, people can sometimes let that pressure get so much into them that they're just not even going to try all the back out before it even starts. But like, I want to go there and I want to do it no matter what my results are. Do you think about the results before, before an event? I think of like the possibilities, like, okay, it's possible for me to place here or it's possible for me to place here. But then I also think like, well, it's also possible for you to place here. So it could be kind of any end of the spectrum. Like, does it carry weight at all? Are you, is like, do you put expectations on yourself in terms of like outcomes? Um, I mean, in I put expectations on myself in terms of effort. Mm. So, um, I've had a couple of these higher ups races that uh, I struggle really, really hard in the beginning every every single time of these races. Like, I just the sleds are really hard for me. Um, and I've had a couple of them where. I've almost given up because I'll get passed by so many people on the sleds. And uh, that's more of a measurement. Like if, if, if I'm like that down on myself, I'm like, well, why am I doing this? Like 
I hold myself accountable to that. And I've tried to stop feeling that way and be like, okay, so you're not going to do well on this list. Keep pushing as hard as you can the rest of the time. Yeah. Cause that's one thing with that event. And I do want, I want to talk a lot about high rocks, but that's one thing with that event where when I haven't done one yet and I'm, I'm going to, but I can see, cause the sleds are going to be hard for me too. Like, I just know that they're not going to be that, that easy. Um, and I worry because I've done that in other obstacle races where I've screwed something up and then the rest of the race is about how I screwed up that thing. And then it's just like I finished the race and it's not like I, like I haven't even done anything, you know. And it's a big mental roller coaster because you can like do really well and then do really bad. But then all of a sudden you're doing really well again and it's yeah. just never giving up. Has that been something that you've tried to like facilitate in yourself or is that? like the effort piece or as coming up as a, a, a high level swimmer and soccer player, is that always something that you had or is that something you've had to try to like think about? Like, I think it's more something I had to, I had to think about. I don't, I don't feel that I've ever really experienced like such a dramatic drop off until high rocks came. So even that first event in Miami, I got to the sleds and all of a sudden I was like way far behind people for like the rest of the event, I was in no man's land. And then we get to the wall balls and it turns out that uh, a lot of runners don't have necessarily the mobility to get far enough down in the squat. That's for sure. And I just like managed to pass a ton of people in like this last piece of this really long event. I'm like, well, dang, I shouldn't have given up in the beginning. Like maybe I could have done better. So I try and remind myself of that. Like every time I get into it, like you don't know what's going to happen at the end of the race. Like just because you're not doing well here doesn't mean that you can't make up ground later. Oh, so there's something like, so this is something that you're still, cause that was only like a year ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think Miami was like two Octobers ago. Yeah. Huh. So what's up with the sleds? What, what's going on? I, I would think that you would be good at the sleds. I, so actually the sled push isn't that bad. It's the sled pull. Um, and I don't know, but I struggle with it so much and you should practice and put into practice the things that you're going to compete in. And I didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, okay. so, uh, word to the wise, like if you're going to do the Hyrex events, like you should probably practice the way they are there. And like my, I had all the excuses. So my excuse was like, well, we don't have the right sled. Like there's not actually a rope. How am I supposed to practice it? And, and it really doesn't matter. Like I should have just tried to do what I could with what I had. Um, but I didn't really put a lot of time into figuring out the sled pull. Um, so I think moving forwards, I really need to figure that out. Cause I've lost like minutes on that station, just one station. So they, did it, go and that station could take a long time for people like, and it, it takes i think i was the slowest at this most recent hyrox um i was the slowest person on the sled pole in that invitational wave that finished the race oh wow really <laughs> yeah everybody else did it and they're like i'm done I'm like, i can't i can't do this um <laughs> so was it better or 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 worse than um the world championship was that in germany right what was the time in germany yeah I know there were different um, layouts, right? Because, I mean, the, the shorter rope makes it a little bit easier. but So it was a shorter rope again in uh, Dallas. Oh, they both were short? Yeah, so oh, it, was, okay. it was short here, too. How'd your time compare? Uh, for the sled pole, I actually don't know exactly, but I think it was pretty similar. And 
Uh, I had a pretty bad sled pull in Dallas, but I think it was my best time for the sled pull yet. So um, as bad as it was, like I improved on it. Getting better. Yeah. What um? So just from like a practical, because like that's real about the sled, the sled pull. It's like they had that rope. So there's, to me, there's like a grip strength component to um just have like having your hands out in front of you that way in that position, trying to pull it forward. Like the the grip is going to matter for that. And so if you don't have like that specific setup to practice, like you can use like TRX handles maybe or something, but that's still pretty small. Um, so, but it's hard to find a rope with an attachment on it that's going to attach to a sled like that. Like, and like all ropes are different. A lot aren't long enough. And so there's just, yeah. again, I had all the excuses. Right. And they're not that cheap. <laughs> like if you want to buy one. With no, that, they're not. Time. They're not very cheap. I've gone, th- I've gone down this hole as well. So like, what have you, um, what are you doing for it? Like how, like, what do you think? Like, so like excuses aside, there's a lot out there that I think are valid in terms of like availability for these type of things. Um, how can you get better at the pole? So the gym I'm at right now has a battle rope. So I've decided I'm just going to put that on the sled and like, it's better than not practicing it. Are you so, just going to tie it on there somehow? I'm just going to tie it on there and kind of, well, I'm going to tie it to another rope. So I'm going to put a strap on the sled first and then tie the rope to the strap and then uh, practice with that. And uh, you're right with the grip. Um, I actually didn't have a problem with the grip, but I've talked with a lot of people and, um, a lot of people said that what was failing them was their grip on the sled. Uh, for me, and I, and it surprised me as well because I, I do a decent amount of strength work. My legs, like it was so hard to get the sled to move, to walk backwards. So you think like, just for me, the, the legs was the hardest part. Do your quads kind of burn up when, when doing it? Cause yeah, you would think you're, you're pulling like your horizontal and pulling would be as strong as anybody's really, right? But you can't necessarily pull it like you would pull uh, like a barbell row or something like that because it's it's almost too heavy with that slack, right? So you kind of have to back up. Is that kind of And you need to kind of figure out what's going to work best for you. So even it's a simple movement, but there's so many different ways you can approach it. Like you can keep your hands closed. You can have one really far out. You can have one foot staggered forwards. You can have both feet in line. You can have like one foot over the rope and one on the other side of the rope. You can have both feet on the same side of the rope. You can try and like twist your body to the side and walk backwards sideways, which if you watch Hunter, that's actually what he does. Hmm. So with this like one simple little movement, there's so many things that you can practice to figure out what works best for you. And I didn't, I just kind of went with what I've been doing and still really didn't get that much better. So I think I need to figure out what works for me. Sometimes when I'm in in something like facing something like this, I like will abandon whatever strategy I have and then just try a bunch of different things in that moment. It never works out very well. I did that. Yeah, I was gonna ask because that's what you're doing. (laughs) So in the race, I was like, I can't make this move walking backwards, and it's just because I didn't kick the rope out of the way. Like I should have taken two seconds to kick the rope out of the way and then tried to figure it out. So then I just tried to figure out how to like tug it. Because it was working for Corinna. So I'm like, well, she's able to tug it. Why can't I tug it? Um, but uh, she just was way stronger at not walking backwards and tugging it than I was. So that didn't work either. <laughs> yeah. So like, okay, so now you have it set up. So you're like, I'm just, because it's going to take time to set up that stupid battle rope on that attachment, yeah. right? And that's another thing with it too. It's like, okay, like, yeah, talk about like the three hours a day or whatever. And then it's like setting this thing up for 
10 minutes. But if if I can make up minutes in one station, it'll be worth it. Totally. Totally. How much will you do that? Will you do that like two, three times a week? Um, uh, probably more like once a week for now, like, and, and just kind of more get comfortable and figure out where I should be standing. So often if I'm walking backwards, I was straddling it. Um, but everybody that I've seen successful with it, um, stands on one. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, stands on one side of the rope and then walks backwards. So that seems to be the best way for people to approach it. So I'm going to keep trying that and see like a couple times over and see if that's what's going to work because I haven't done that in a race yet. And it looks like the people that can move it fast, that's how they're approaching it. So they're able to, to, to walk backwards and then kind of turn their body. So the ropes on the, on one side, so it's not directly under them. So yeah, they, yeah, they consistently keep it on one side and that way they can also like kick it out of the way. Um, Oh. versus I straddled the rope when I would walk backwards um, and then I'd often trip over it and I would come out of like a really deep squat to try and pull it. So uh, I think positioning's a big part for like a movement that should seem very straightforward. There's so many things that you can do right or wrong with it. And that's kind of how this event, when I, like looking at preparing for these things, like they're pretty standard movements. They're They're not like, super skilled movements like you know like a muscle up or something that you need to spend a lot of time like there's a lot of things you can kind of screw up it seems like okay push the sled do the rower a little bit but in each one of these things like you can really dial it in like all there's little nuances yeah Yeah. are you picking those up and unless you're like super super crazy strong like you need to figure those nuances out well when we're getting to the level of of where you are and and uh all the athletes at that level those things are going to matter like the 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 difference between the athletic ability between the top three and five is probably not that much, you know. So like being able to figure those things out and like turn that knob a little bit, and and everyone's probably doing it like they're in their own style for different different like for different events. Like everyone's probably doing something a little bit different with each time. Like the rope is one example. Are there other things that you're like really focusing on to try to like turn it a little bit tighter in terms of like how efficient you can be with this? So that's the number one big one. Um, and then I also noticed the farmer carry, I have a lot of room to make up with. So I didn't put the kettlebells down a single time in this 200 meters. And I still didn't have the fastest time. Um, so I was behind, I, I think I looked at Rebecca's time. I was behind her on the farmer carry by like 40 seconds. Whoa. And I watched in the video, she put it down. So me who held it the whole time still went like, 40 seconds slower on the farmer carry. Uh, so I think I need to figure out how to walk faster with them. Yeah. Cause um, so again, yeah. What do you like? Just like run with them, like learning how to be comfortable running with it. I, I guess, or just moving faster. Like I just, I don't know. I thought I was moving fast, but apparently I was not moving fast. So I think that's something that I need to like reflect on and maybe watch how I'm doing it and then see how I can go faster. Huh? Yeah, because like with the machines and everything, like you probably are pretty familiar with the ergs and right. And actually, I um I don't I'm not going to change how I do the machine. So um I will go as hard as I can to keep myself in control because the machines I can blow up on. Like if if I push it to like that really really hard pace, like yeah sure I'm going to be a couple seconds faster, 
Um, but I, I can blow up so easily on those machines that it's just not worth it for me. I'd rather take it a little bit slower. Skier too? Like the skier will get you? Skier too. Yeah. Huh. Actually, the skier is harder for me than the rower. It is just hard. I did skier at the end of a workout last week and it just was awful. I, I couldn't believe it. So I'm glad that it's early. So does that like blow up your, your core? Like for me, it's my core and then everything gets really tired. And then I'm just like, this is terrible. And it just, it, it, it gets real, like for me, it gets really slow, really quick. Well, at the rower, I can always kind of muster a little bit more if I really wanted to. But the skier, it almost just starts going the opposite way and I, there's nothing I can do. Um, if I want to go fast on it, it's a very, very high energy output. So it like brings my heart rate up really high and that's super early in the race. Um, and I'd rather spend that like high heart rate on a run. I think I'll, I'll benefit more from that than I would from pushing the skier. Um, and, and again, this is just an excuse. Like I'm not the tallest out, really out there. So to be able to make it move as fast as somebody who's taller than me, like that's a lot of energy I'm wasting and I'm not willing to waste. There's definitely a physics component to the entire High Rocks event. So it's not like an, an excuse, like it, it, someone's taller, it's either someone weighs more and they can drive their self down to the ground, like they're going to have an easier try, chance. Like, Right. And But I could make myself go faster if I wanted to, but I, I, it, I think it would hurt my time in the end. So with preparing for these events, like it's still an 8K. So like the volume that you're putting in just running is is sufficient right like you can handle that amount of running just by with the long easy slow miles but uh but an 8k but on its own is a pretty high output run event that you that specific speed work would definitely help uh, but like so for you are you just practicing what it feels like to run after doing stations or are you just kind of leaving it to to the day of event and kind of training because like you're clearly training for some, I don't, I can't say clearly, but it's you would think that you were training for CrossFit leading into the Open, like with how well you did, right? Like you're doing that type of stuff. So it seems like you're, like I guess like how much are you training for High Rocks? <laughs> like how much is specific for it? Because or are you just kind of like doing things that you, that you like to do on both ends and just kind of working? Um, so I would say that yeah, I'm doing things that I like to do on both ends, and it's moderately working out I wouldn't say that it's working out into like the highest possibility that it could mm. um I don't necessarily do specific high rocks training but I think a lot of my training kind of reflects what a specific high rocks training would be like there's definitely things I could fine-tune to make it more specific but I don't want to be a specific high rocks athlete like I want to do all these different kinds of events and I eventually want to get more into the endurance world and if focusing on high rocks is just not going to kind of help me get to the, my long-term goals. So um, I'll do specific training leading up to a race. Um, and I think I'm going to add in some specific like sled pull training just because I'm really, really bad at it. Time. I could probably see some, <laughs> some benefit in practicing it. Um, but besides that, like, no, I don't really do a ton of specific training for it. Yeah. But like, that's like you said, like you're, generally prepared to do all of the things so when it comes to putting it all together like you're able to do it um you signed up for utah the beast i signed up for utah yeah that's exciting um i'm very excited uh so it's close to where i am um i'm excited that it's a beast i know the obstacles are harder but um i don't really know how to do any of the obstacles so i anticipate not making it through all of them 
And I like that because it's a longer race. Like, yeah, sure, burpees will suck, but not as much as if they would have. I had to do them in a sprint. Right. It wouldn't put you back as far. Um, so what made you kind of make this move? I've been wanting to do it for a really long time. And I had into, I had planned on trying to get into the Spartan races last year, mm. um, but there weren't any. <laughs> so uh, I, I knew I wanted to, I wanted to try and do Big Bear. And then that one was canceled and I want to do Utah um, but I don't want that to be my first one, especially like with the beast obstacles, which is why I signed up for Montana. So I'm going to do Montana. Oh, you do Montana first, too. So that my sweet. Yeah. So Montana is in, I think like two weeks. Soon. Yeah. So I signed up for that one so I can, I don't even know what obstacles are in the beast. So this way I can at least see them and experience them and know what I need to learn before a really big race where there's a ton of like professionals. So, <laughs> and the, the the so Montana, that's a beast this year. Or is that a super? Uh, Saturday's beast is and beast. Sunday's super and sprint. I think it's the trifecta weekend, and I think they have the ultra beast too. I think they have all, it's of all it. the whole deal. So typically, like the harder obstacles, like they're not that much harder. So, like I think, right? But for me, they're going to be pretty hard. <laughs> what kind of OCR stuff have you done? I know you did TMX. You have Hildervats coming up, but you haven't done that yet. Hilder- not yet, so I don't have that one under my belt. What kind of obstacles have you done? Uh, I mean, I went to the Spartan Games, and they made us do, like, 70 in one race. That's right. But, <laughs> so I, I've done, I did a lot in that, like, 45-minute time. Uh, but I wouldn't say that I've had a ton of experience with that. How did those go? Because um, they, the, the... Actually, not... Yeah, the way that they... Not shot. too bad. So the first day, it wasn't raining. It was nice and sunny. Um Twister was still hard for me, but I was able to get through it. Um, that's something I'd like to practice to kind of figure out also, like, where should my hands really go versus, like, am I putting them in the right spot? Is this the best way to get across it? Um, but the second time, so on the uh, fourth day, they had us run through the race again, just a little bit shorter. But this time it was raining, and I did not make it through Twister every time. So I definitely am affected by the wet obstacles. Yeah, and that's one thing for Utah, at least, and I think Montana is also at altitude, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just drier. Like, the conditions that you faced in Vermont, like, the East Coast ra- races or, like, the, the Southeast races where it's humid and gross, um, it, it's harder. But when it's dry, they're pretty easy. I'm crossing my finger that they're dry just so I can at least practice them at an easier pace first and then maybe work up to when they're a little bit more slick. Are you going to change your training much? Um, I mean, I already run quite a bit and I live in Salt Lake, so I can't avoid the hills even if I wanted to. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't say that I'm getting like a ton of vert right now. So um, it's only two weeks away. I can't really change my training for Montana. But I think leading up to Utah, I'll get more out onto the trails and trying to get like more vert in. So I'm used to climbing and and more specifically descending because that actually really scares me. Yeah. Have you spent much time going down? Not really. So um, that's that's why it's great that I'm going to Montana so I can be humbled and be like, look, this is what you need to practice. Even though I already know it, it's just doing it and having it put in my face that this is what I need to practice will kind of like give me that extra push. Cause sometimes people with downhills, like just sometimes people are just good at them. 
Like, it, there's definitely a skill that needs to be developed. Like, for me, I don't have it. I was never good at it. But there are people that just have something in their background that just allows them to not worry about falling down or just, like, have the, like, foot-eye coordination. Like, your soccer background might help. I would love to think that, but we also had that trail run. So I got to experience a lot in those oh, yeah. games. So we had that, that trail run, which had some descending in it. And um, I wanted to, in the beginning, kind of like learn and try and watch from Lindsay and Nicole. So I tried to like kind of stay on their footsteps to see what they were doing. And the going off and the, and they weren't, I mean, a six hour race. So they, I don't think they were trying like to go there all out. Um, the going up and the flats were fine. All of a sudden we got to a descending and I couldn't see them anymore. Like they were just gone. <laughs> I was like, what, what just happened? Like, where are they? How did they do that? They were like gazelles, like just floating down the mountain. I was like, wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> They're also two of the best in the world, <laughs> you know, so. Right. But it was, it was incredible. Like absolutely incredible. I, I don't, I like, I have no idea how you're doing that. One, I don't, I don't know how you're trusting your legs, but you can't see the ground either. There's so many leaves. Like they're just like, yep, my feet are going to land and I'm going to be fine. I'm like, no, no, my feet are not going to land. <laughs> so I'm going to play this one safe. I'll just see you. I'll see you guys down there. Cool. That, that, that's really exciting. I mean, like in terms of the obstacle and just going and get the, getting the experience. And is this for, kind of the like in the same vein as the way you've approached other things like not necessarily being held to one specific corner of athletics is just you kind of taking on something that's a little bit more broad or like how would you like what even last year when you're like okay i want to get into some of these longer endurance stuff and even said before you wanted the to be more in this endurance space um is that kind of where you see things going in the future so the OCR races, like they seem fun and I like to be competitive and I, I like don't think I could be anywhere towards the top, but I think I can be competitive um, where I can't be competitive in just like a straight run. But if you throw if you throw like some buckets in there and maybe some things that you have to go up and over and like now I can find like some fun with the competitive side of it. So I can still do something I really enjoy doing, which would be running and get to be competitive with it, even if it's not like at that top level. Uh, I think you're going to do really well. <laughs> yeah, like I think it's going to be, it'll be interesting to see how well you do just with the background of kind of how you're coming. I don't know, like you're, you've been, it's kind of like you've been training for this for a while. <laughs> just haven't really like kind of put it out there. I think I'm going to have a lot of mistakes, like especially in this Montana one. And I think I'll have plenty of mistakes in the Utah oh, yeah. one. And, but that's, but that's okay. Like I have to, like I have to start at some point and make the mistakes so that I can eventually be doing races where I'm not making mistakes. Like I have to go through the process. First. You have to do it. Like there's no way to be prepared. Like someone could tell you every single thing that they've ever learned in any, in all the obstacle course races they've done. If they've done a hundred obstacle course races, they could tell you and like, you're still going to do something different than they've done. It's, it's yeah. just like, there's definitely something to be said about experience, but in terms of the physical piece and like, seems like your, your mindset on things, it seems like, I don't know. I'm excited. I, I'm excited to see how it goes. I, think, I mean, either way, it'll be fun. Yeah. We get to, and, uh, and I'm excited that we're going to Montana. Like Montana is beautiful. Yeah. So, and then with the, the Hildervat, explain how that, that, what is, how is that? Is it like a tournament style, like a knockout type of situation? 
Yes. So they have three different divisions. So they, they have like the open wave. Um, they're, they're going to have a pro wave and then they have an invitational wave. Um, and in their pro wave, they're still, still giving out money prizes. So like if you want to sign up for the pro, right. um, I don't know how I much. I think it's 500. It is, I think it's like a standard OCR. Yeah. OCR race. Um, and then in the invitational wave, they invited six males and six females to race. Yeah. Like knockout style. So we'll, well, I might not, but some of them will have two races on Saturday. Um, so it'll be like the six girls all against each other and the top four get to move on. The bottom two, like you did your one race and, and you're done. Mm-hmm. So then they're going to have a second race on Saturday, like later in the morning, still morning time, um, where the top four are now going against each other. And if you finish first or second, you move on. If you finish third or fourth, you're done. And then on Sunday morning, they're going to do the finale of one and two against each other. And then it's just kind of who comes out on top. And then um, Sunday later morning, I think by placing on how we did, they're going to combine us into like male, female teams. And we're going to race like in teams, like relay style. Huh. What do you think for this? Like, what are you worried about for it? Or what are you excited about? I mean, I am so excited it's on the beach. Like, I love the ocean. I love the water. I know that we're not swimming in it. I would love if he made some swimming in there. But, um, I mean, the venue itself is very exciting. The opportunity, like, I was so grateful when they reached out and asked if I wanted to. I was like, yeah, absolutely, I want to go. Um, I think it'll be, like, sand running sounds fun. Sounds like it's going to kill my calves, but... I mean, it sounds fun and um, just like trying something new. And I think it's going to be like harder obstacles. So maybe after I get through this, maybe the Spartan ones won't seem as bad. Um, and then what am I worried about? I'm worried that I am definitely the least experienced on obstacles there. <laughs> so uh, I have to run as hard as I can to minimize the gap and do my best on the strength pieces so that uh, that it'll make up for my obstacle proficiency. I'm thinking people are going to rip their hand, right? Because each loop, there's multiple so loops. So we have to do three loops. Yeah. yeah. We have to do three loops. I think each loop is a mile. Um, and there's multiple rigs. There's multiple. I don't know what they're calling it, but it's like a hercoist. Um, there's going to be a bucket right. carry every time, which that's not really grip. But um, yeah, lots of grip. So I, that might put you at an advantage, right? Because CrossFitters' hands are like, did you did you rip during twenty one point three? Um, actually, in my palm because I chose to not use grips and I put tape on the bar. You didn't use grips and, and you used tape, and you only ripped a little bit. Really? Uh, so I ripped like right in the middle of my palm. Yeah. Um. Then, but it was the tape that made it rip. Uh huh. That was. But so like in general, though, you probably wouldn't rip it because I mean, like that amount of volume, like if I would have done that, my hands would have been I would have been ripped after like toast bar <laughs> just because like I'm not used to that type of that heavy amount of volume on, on, on bars like that or on any type of surfaces, really. Um, I don't know. I think like I think normally I like if I didn't take care of my hands, I would rip just as much as anybody else. But I'm pretty good about hand care maintenance. Yeah. Um. And I, cause I hate ripping. It hurts so bad. So and it like puts training back. Prevent that. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. But that could be something that happens just cause like, you know how to maintain your hands and you know, people are rock climbers that that will be there. That's not necessarily the same as like swinging bar or swinging from a, ra- uh, like a ring. Um, 
So that might play to your advantage if everybody rips their hands and you don't. <laughs> That's what we got to hope for. So they, so they said, like, going into the games that the only way Tia and Matt wouldn't win is if a bear came out and ate them on their rock run or something like that. So I just I just need everybody to rip everybody their rip, hands. Everybody hands rips. You're good. You get that money. Um, so we've talked a little bit about, you know, you're kind of dabbling – or not, you're not dabbling. You're doing a lot of stuff, right? You're training a lot, and now you you, you started classes at the beginning of the year. Um, you're taking finals this week. And there's always this kind of idea that of, like, how people kind of balance, like, their like their training and all the other things that aren't training. But I, I, I kind of feel like that that's not really even a thing, that there isn't necessarily a balance that high performers are going to be able to share with somebody that's like it's like a, a secret or something and on um, the last podcast uh alex walker she was talking about some of the things that she just kind of does in training and when she said it it just like they didn't they just didn't seem like it seems like she's going to extreme lengths to do her training like she's like oh yeah it's like the mountains are just like a six hour drive away so it's like, oh my, and like <laughs> my mountains are like literally in my backyard. Out the, at the door looking at them. Um, out the door. <laughs> and then she said something else about like she would go to wear like an altitude mask on a treadmill. She did it like every day for like eight weeks to prepare for these races. And like, see, that's that's dedication. That's that like that mindset that I was talking about of being a true competitor. Like she would be a true competitor. And then she did really well. Right. She got she did yeah. all this preparation. She lives in Texas and she did did it all. But like it's it didn't. It, that's not balance, right? Like, and it's, and I don't know necessarily think that that is something that a high performer would do. Um, so I, so I've just been kind of thinking about it. Like, do you have something outrageous like that that you've done for your training? Or what's like the most like outlandish thing you've done that like you've justified for yourself that others might be like, oh, never mind. I don't, I'm not taking that advice. Honestly, I, I don't even know if I can think of anything because like everything I do right now, I do it because I enjoy it. Like I'm not making myself do anything, um, which is also like, I think I lack a lot of discipline. So everything I do, I do because I think it's fun. Um, I'm, I don't necessarily have the discipline right now to do the things that I don't think are fun. So like, I don't think speed training is fun, so I don't do it. But I uh, think I need to find a little discipline and start making myself do. But right now, no, I just I just do what I enjoy. So it's not really a whole lot of balance. But or need for balance, right? And I think that's the thing, right? I don't think necessarily. And even when Alex was talking, it's like she would happily drive six hours to the mountains. You know, she's like, that's not a sacrifice to me. Like I would go on this treadmill and do this. This isn't sacrifice. This is something I want to do. Um. So like, does the reframing it help that way? Because I mean, you're still train a lot. And even though it's all fun, it's like still, does a normal person do this? Would a person that... Right. I train a lot, but like I want to train more. So at the same time, I have to hold myself back from doing more than what I'm doing. Because I, so it's still like, it's still not finding balance because my balance is I have to hold myself back because I, I want to do more. And I don't think that's beneficial. Yeah, I never know. Just, just, you should just go. Just let yourself off the <laughs> just reins. Just go. Just let myself go and drive. See what happens. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not old, but I'm not young anymore. Like, I just, I'm not so sure that my body could handle going through like some of the crazy things that people do. Yeah, 
So I follow um, one of the girls that I don't. What's the name of your team? Oh, Torque. Yes. I follow one of the girls, and she does so much. Oh, Lauren. It's so impressive. Lauren yes. Yeah. Yes. And and I'm like, there's no like, there's no way. Like I I would have injuries popping up all the time. Like that's so cool that you can do that, but like I don't think I'd be able to get away with that. And she's another good example, though, right? But like that's where she wouldn't rather be doing anything else. You know, so like, and I think I have high volume, but then I look at like some of the things she's doing. I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not that bad then. Like, I'm not doing that much volume. <laughs> right, right. Because like, I, like I think you're right. Like, I think you probably do more volume than the average than, person. Yeah, than like 99 percent of people, just because of the enjoyment factor. Um, yeah, that's interesting. And like the thinking about the discipline part. I don't know. Because, like, if you're doing things you enjoy and, like, you're doing a lot of the volume and just, like, keeps it fun and fresh, like, I don't know. Do you feel like you're going to do running intervals ever? Yes. Um, I'm trying to commit myself to start to one day a week. Uh, I went a whole week last week without doing it. But in my head, I just came off of a race. So that's okay. It's true. Because that was, that's an interval, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> So and that yeah. So I I'd like to add in like one day of not doing my enjoying like slow running and doing something either tempo wise or track wise or or just something that's changing the speed. Yeah. And just, and then maybe two and then I'll stop there. Yeah. For two, for two weeks. <laughs> but just I mean maybe you'll maybe you'll I've had two days a week. Oh no. <laughs> I think that would be too much. I think that yeah okay well then I'm good with one that's all I, I think, need to hear <laughs> I think two is plenty for someone who's just running and that's the only thing they're doing for in terms of quality like it doesn't need to be so and with all the other stuff that you're doing I think that one would just like really help move it a little bit and it's probably even just like working on the skill of running just running just running fast sometimes yeah. but you should try it and see if you and see if you do kind of like <laughs> it. <laughs> Maybe you will. I think if I if I could convince people to go with me, like that's something that I want friends friends to do with me. If I can convince people to go with me, I'll enjoy it way more. I don't want to go out and run fast by myself. But if somebody else is there, like, yeah, let's race. I want to run fast. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, maybe trying to find like a local running group. I'm sure there's I'm sure they have those by that I would really enjoy if I could find if I could find like a group to do like the fast stuff with, because then I would find that fun. I don't want to do it by myself. Um, so aside from, uh, speed work once a week, what are some of the other goals you got this week, this year? So I'm kind of dipping my toes into quite a few things. Um, my fiance's parents just lent me a road bike. So I like, that's one of the endurance things that I want to get into is I would love to start doing triathlons, but like the one thing that I don't work on is biking. So like I have the swimming background and I, and I do like to run, but I don't really have the skill of biking. So I I like adding in some triathlons, maybe towards the way, way end of the year, I'd like to start trying to do that. Um, I want to do more than just these two Spartans that I've signed up for just to kind of make a big, I mean, I'm going to make mistakes. It's just going to happen. Like, but I want to make them in like that first year and then kind of, try and move forwards and start minimizing them. Um, I have, I plan on going to high rocks in Orlando, I think. Oh, it was. sweet. 
Yeah, like the early early um, June. I think that's the one I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna try to push that sled down there too. So it's gonna be humid, so it might be hard. But is it worse or when harder it, than it already is? It's worse. It's hard. It's worse when it's humid. Oh. It's okay. But then everyone after that will be easier for you. Is it, so the carpet situation. Yeah. It's the, it's the friction. When you push, 100%. when you push a sled at like your gym, is it that much easier? It is that much easier at the gym. Why? I don't understand. I, I honestly don't. So it's, it's still, I don't understand either. And I've done it now like four or five times. And every time I get to the race, I'm like, gosh, what is going on? Why can't I do this? Um, and the humidity is worse. But, I didn't even think about that. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> but they're doing you, if you want to go to their championship, so they're holding a U.S. championship in Chicago. Mm. Um, you have to do one to qualify. So I kind of want to get another one in one. I, I love doing it and I want to go to Harry Potter land and <laughs> so, worth it. Yeah. I'm going to go to, Orlando. yeah. So I'm going to go to Orlando so I can go to Universal Studios. But, um, I also like want to practice and like see if like maybe the new sled things I'm working are or doing are working before I get to a championship race. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and the championships will be only a few weeks later, the end of June. Yeah, it's pretty soon. Yeah. yeah, pretty close to that one. Yeah, so it's cool. So it sounds like you're just kind of doing following in the typical way that you have things that you enjoy, things you want to try out, and just whatever comes your way, and just knock it out. And Hildervat is, yeah, is when is that? May 22nd and 23rd. Oh, so that's coming so too. Pretty soon too, yeah. Oh, so you're going to have a busy May and June. Yeah, busy May and June. I um, I think I put all of my clinicals in towards the end of June so that there's they're not really competing uh, with like more racing schedule. Well, nice. Well... I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing how you're doing. I like that you're expanding things and trying different things. And um, everything you've done so far in this space, you've seemed to have done really well. And in the CrossFit year, so you're doing great. I'll be rooting for you. I can't wait to see how it goes. Thank you. I appreciate so it. So where can people kind of follow along? Um, I don't really post too much to Facebook, but I do have one. Um, I, and I'm trying to be better at posting at Instagram. It's lots of dog stuff. So if you're not interested nice. in following my dogs then maybe you don't want to follow me. I, yeah i but, do this uh, I did, like i'm like is this too much dog stuff it's like i kind of try to balance it it's like well it's who wouldn't want to see this it, i mean it's cute to me like i like seeing it so i don't know um <laughs> keep, but keep it's uh <laughs> it's lauren underscore e underscore weeks cool um and i'll make sure to link to that in the show notes when are you uh when are you get married uh, we're probably going to elope, so I'm not going to tell you. Oh, sweet. Cool. That, that'll <laughs> be fun. Yeah. Um, my fiance, we're getting married in October, right? Mid-October. October. That's exciting. Do you have a, a date set? Yeah. October 16th. We have a venue. We have like the whole deal. It's going to be small. Only about like 70, 70 people or so. Where are you guys doing that? Um, right here in Philadelphia. So just in the city. Um, yeah. So- were you supposed to get married before? All of COVID hit, or is this? This was the, uh, the we got engaged last October. Last October. yeah, okay. so that kind of happened to my brother where he got. Um, I know a lot of people had dates set and then they had to move it and they had all these reservations and it just seems like a big mess. Yeah, I can't believe we were able to get a venue so easy just because everything was going to get all the rescheduling pushed back. Yeah, but we we only looked at one place. We're like, cool, let's just let's just do it. 
Um, did you guys have to push back, or this just kind of been the the plan? Is just this is just kind of the plan too. Yeah, that's the way to go. That's less pressure. That's gonna be fun again. Like not no spotlight. Like just kind of us, hopefully. And just live your life then, right? Um, cool. Well, again, I appreciate you taking time. I know you're busy, and um, yeah, rooting for you. I'll look to the your socials. Uh, I'm gonna hit stop here. I'm back on that first screen now. Okay. Awesome. Uh, real quick, I just wanted to thank Riverbend. They've definitely been helping me out recently. So yeah, I'll make sure to thank you. Tag, tag Riverbend. The, the I've been meaning to try that. I've been trying some of the other CBDs that are kind of like it, like push toward um, uh, like OCR people. Like I use Venga right now, and I I like it. I think it's good. Have you been? How do you use CBD? I haven't tried Venga. Um, I use both, like the like the cream that you put on your legs, and then I take it orally. Um, and I've been taking CBD for a while, so I, I definitely am a big believer in it. Um, but what I really like about the Riverbend is it's a higher concentration than what I had been using. So it's a little bit, it's more, it's more effective for me. Um, and it doesn't taste gross because I've had a lot of really gross ones and he has a watermelon flavor and I like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that cause that like you can, it's a big perk for me. You can, I mean, they taste like weed a lot of times like, Oh, okay. I, I see where this has been. Where right. This and from. I didn't, I didn't like those ones. Yeah. Like I've, I've had that kind. And so I like the watermelon. That's really nice. And I've had some like pretty cheap, cheaper CBDs or whatever, just like not something that the quality would be up to standard. So it does matter, right? Like when you get a good quality one, it, it, it And you can definitely tell a difference too. Yeah. I believe so too. Yeah. So check out Riverbend. I think it like from everything I've heard, it seems like it's a really, really cool, good product. Cool. All right. Well, we'll link to that in the show notes as well. So here we go. We're signing off.